Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Today's episode is exciting. We have somebody who's local to where I am. His name is John Weeb, and his Instagram is at the road to dapper. He's a young influencer on social media, specifically targeting young men and how they dress, which is awesome. He's been a pastor for a number of years. He also works in the marketplace at Starbucks and he's a wedding officiant. And so we get to hear a little bit from John and how his work is kind of at the crosshairs of ministry and the marketplace. And this is an important conversation because many of us will not be in full-time pastoral ministry or full-time ministry of some sort where we're employed by a church, but still God's call and mission for us to go and make disciples is true for all of us. And so this is a beautiful story of hearing John and his walk with God and how God has stretched him in various different areas. So in this episode, we take a look at John's personal story and how he came to faith, but also how John uses social media for good. So take a listen. Okay, so today we have John Weeb, who's a pastor, a Starbucks barista, and also a father of two, married man, and he's also a social media influencer. John, it's so great to have you. It's really great to be here, Ryan. Um, also, I'm also also a wedding officiant. Okay. Yeah. With a company with or a company here a in in the Lower Mainland okay. of BC yeah. called Young Hip and Married. Okay. Well, actually, not just here in the Lower Mainland, they're, but they're across all over Canada, the place. but started here. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So you're officiating weddings all the time. I yeah, I do about fifteen to twenty a year. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes you do a lot. Yeah, I have a lot on the go. Yeah. Uh, my wife always jokingly says that she's diagnosed me with adult ADHD, mm-hmm. and so a bunch of little part-time things fill up my week that yeah. make more than full-time, but. I like every day having multiple things on the go and mm-hmm. keeps my rabbit-like brain to like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Yeah, always something to do. Yeah. That's awesome. So, John, tell us a little bit about you. What's your what's your background? How did you get to where you are now? And what got you to this point? And maybe what's like what's some of your faith journey? Yeah, well, I grew up here in Abbotsford, kind of born and raised. On the playground is where I spent most of my days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice Fresh Prince reference oh, for yeah. those of you if you're too young to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I grew up uh, in a Christian home, went to Christian school, um, and in high school, I mean, to make a really long story short, um, in high school on a missions trip, really felt like God was calling me into ministry, hmm. and at that time, specifically in youth ministry. So jumped in as a grade 11 student into helping at my church in the youth group, ended up graduating, I'd kind of changing my career path. At that point, I was going in to be an architect, changed that to wanting to be in ministry. I uh, went to Columbia Bible College here in Abbotsford, graduated with a youth work degree. And uh, within two months after graduation, I had a full-time youth pastor job at my home church, uh, which was the dream for me. Yeah. And uh, was there for about nine, just over nine years um, as youth and young adults pastor. Um, and we, I'd resigned in 2014, really feeling that God was calling us to plant a church here in Abbotsford. And so in the interim, I had a mortgage. As you said, I have two kids and a wonderful wife, and uh, we need to pay the bills. Mm. And so in the interim, in between when our church kind of got up and running, I found a job at Starbucks. 
And then as our church kind of got off the ground, I was working at the Starbucks where right in the neighborhood where our church was planted. Um, and so decided to stay on and do part-time Starbucks, part-time pastoring, uh, which ended up being part-time Starbucks, full-time pastoring. Right. Yeah. But really seeing it as a ministry opportunity. And I mean, part of my own journey, my career journey is realizing that I think that God has wired me uh, to be bivocational, even mm. tri-vocational, that doing one thing exclusively isn't necessarily what he's wired me to do. And even being uh, my understanding of what ministry looked like ha- had changed and developed that I didn't need to be a full-time pastor getting a full-time paycheck from a church to be a pastor and to be in ministry um, and ministering to those around me. That even when I was at Starbucks, in everything that I did, I could be a minister. I could be a pastor, even if my job title didn't say that. And so that's kind of where I've gotten now today. Um, Our church plant, after a number of years, has transitioned to join up with another church in the area out in in Fort Langley, Fraser Point Church. And so I just joined staff with them. Uh, This is a more recent change for us in the last couple months. Uh, But again, in a part-time role there and continuing on with all the other things that I that I do. In terms of the like social media influencer, which I think we'll get to, that kind of all just fell into my lap as a like as a hobby that yeah. I started that all of a sudden I guess I I struck a felt need uh, and resonated with an audience mm-hmm. in what I was providing and so it kind of took off from there to where now it's something that I use as a, as income as a job. Oh cool. There's a lot that you have your hands in, a lot of different pools that you're involved in and I think that's that's a cool thing, and I'd even be curious. I mean, you mentioned you were at that one church after Bible college, like right away for nine years, and then um, was it after that that you were invited to plant a church, or you wanted to plant a church, or is that is that when that happened, or was was this a plant from a church, the church that you were with in the beginning? Like, how did that all kind of work out? Yeah, so it was kind of at the it was the end of my time at South Abbotsford, which had been my home church since birth. Okay, um, I yeah. think probably the Sunday after I was born, we were in church. <laughs> yeah, um, so didn't really know a lot else, but that was it was a church that I loved in a city that I loved, and so but really felt like God was calling us to plant a church and to, I think as I look back now in in our journey and what I feel like God was calling us to. It, more so than, I mean, planting the church was the venue, but it, it, the avenue that I think he called us to in that, in that season, but it was to reach unchurched people and to lead people to Jesus. Like, I love being on the front lines of evangelism. That's why I think I love being in the marketplace so much as I get to be uh, with everyday people, not just surrounded by Christians and church people, but I get to be with just everyday people and learn their struggles and try to weave my own faith journey into and hopefully lead people to Jesus. And so kind of it was like 2012 when I really felt God calling us to say, hey, you should maybe, maybe I'm, I'm calling you to something else. I always thought I'd be a youth pastor till I died or retired yeah. uh, or till God said otherwise. And yeah. so he was saying otherwise. And so we processed with our church. Yeah. And so we were blessed and kind of sent out from our church um, with a local church planning network. Cool. I think all of that, what you're saying is sweet. The thing that like sticks out to me the most is just, it's this beautiful picture of, you know, ministry is not just limited to the church. I think there's so many times where so many individuals would say, oh, you know, ministry is for the pastors. So let's just let the pastors do the pastoring and all the rest of us get off the hook. And 
that's not the true nature of the culture of the church. It's like we're all so. called to be a priesthood, right? A priesthood, a holy nation. We're all invited to this work of ministry. If you're a Christian, you're invited to the work of ministry. And that means for those who are maybe in full-time pastoring roles or full-time missionaries or whatever, but also for the person who works at Starbucks or the person who works in a factory or the person who works, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. doesn't, the marketplace is a place to pastor and minister to some people. Well, if you look at even the example of Paul, I mean, he was a tent maker, didn't take money mm-hmm. for his role, um, had a full-time career as a tent maker, but then also planted all these churches. And it, he says that the like pastors or, or preachers, our role mm-hmm. is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so it's been a shift for, I think, in church culture, in, in pastoral culture, but especially for me, that the, the everybody, the saints, the people of the church, they're the ones that are supposed to be equipped to actually do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not all left up to a chosen few or people who sign up on this crazy journey of being a pastor to, to actually do the work and be the ministers. It's actually everybody. Um, and that, that's not something that I grew up, I'm in my mid-30s, growing up in church and at youth group. Um, when I felt called into ministry, the only option that was kind of presented was, okay, well, now you're either going to be a missionary uh, and go outside of your community, or you're going to be a pastor and you can be in, you can stay in your community. And like, those were the two options if you felt that God was calling you to some sort of ministry role. Um, And I think now, at least I'm hoping to try to change that to say, you know what, you don't, wherever you are, Mm-hmm. Whether you are serving coffee, whether you own your own business, you have an opportunity to influence and to be a pastor and to be a minister. Uh, one of the things I love the most about being an officiant and working with, uh, we work with a lot of couples who are unchurched. Um, that's kind of the niche that that our organization holds. It's for people who don't want a justice of the peace. They want a personalized custom experience, mm-hmm. but don't know a pastor, they don't go to church, they stopped going to church, they don't have a relationship with a pastor or a religious figure. And so we fit that niche of saying, hey, well, we are pastors, and mm-hmm. but we'll like create a ceremony for you. But we become the, their pastor, their yeah. go-to. Yeah. And years later, that couple going through crisis or that f- a family member or someone who was at that wedding will be going through crisis and be like, we need a pastor. Mm-hmm. Well, the only pastor that we know, the only religious person that we know is that officiant from 10 years ago. Let's email him or let's try to get a hold of him because that's the only connection we have. So mm-hmm. pretty wide open yeah. our opportunities to minister. Yeah, it's a cool invitation. And so I'm curious, John, like your story with this and how you've kind of you started in ministry. You're still in ministry, but it's kind of like what you said. You've got you've got hands in multiple different avenues. How have you seen this play out in your life, especially when it relates to social media? Because you've spent time in social media. Like you said, you've got a number of thousands of followers and you've kind of seen this audience that's kind of connected with some of the stuff that you're putting out. And so my question is, like, how is that an opportunity for you um, even just to support your family, one, but two, to direct and help people see God? Yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey on this the whole social media influencer scene, and it seems like every day there's new influencers popping up, and social media has kind of taken over a lot of our lives. Mm-hmm. And and for me, when I started seeing on TV commercials, when I saw big brands advertising their Facebook URL and their Facebook handle and their Instagram, it's like okay, well this is 
this, I mean, that was years ago now, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, social media is here to stay. This isn't some fleeting thing. Um, so for me, uh, being on Instagram, um, for those who are listening, I guess I would be a lifestyle, in, a men's lifestyle influencer, fashion style, uh, blogger, influencer, content creator, whatever you want to call me. Yeah. Started out as a hobby. Um, I had some mentors in my life. Uh, it was right in the midst of us getting ready to launch launch our church. And church was kind of all-consuming for me. It's kind of what I, I – I didn't have an off switch. And, mm-hmm. like, every spare minute of the day I was doing this. And I had a, a mentor who, who asked me the question, what brings you joy? Or, like, what do you do for fun? Yeah. And it was like, oh, <laughs> like, I don't know that I ever just stop yeah. and smell the roses or, or such. And it's like, okay, well, what – what do I do for fun? What brings me joy? And, and so, well, I like social media. Obviously, it's been a part of my story. And, and it's been, at the same time, I had been like looking, and it was kind of the, the start of the whole influencer scene. And so I was looking at friends of mine and people that I was following online, other guys who were putting together outfits and looks. And I was actually, I was benefiting from what they were doing and elevating my own look. And so then people in my own life, like in my real life were like, hey, how did you put that together? Or, hey, I'm going to a wedding. Can you come help me figure out where to buy a suit or where should I? Where can I get a good dress shirt or where can I buy a tie? And, and so I was like, okay, well, I can start doing this. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've, I've got these great guys that I follow. So I started my page and my account. And first thing that really drew me in was the community aspect of social media, that I could post something, get instant feedback, and really hear, like, hey, I was inspiring someone or someone was like, hey, where did you get that? I want to go find that. And um, to be able to to have that little bit of community, to be able mm-hmm. to comment on other people's stuff and be like, hey, I like how you put that together and and try to use it as an opportunity to encourage uh, and just support one another and feel that kind of community, even though, I mean, now I've got friends around the world that I've built on social media who I've never met in person right. and some that I have met in person yeah. after meeting online. Yeah. Um, but it's a way to build community. And from there, it just kind of took off. And and something that I was posting obviously resonated or or the way that I was was sharing. Um, and so now it's been an opportunity and a platform to share not only, and that's where I say like I'm more lifestyle than just strictly fashion um, because it's given me a platform. And I believe that God's given me a platform to share about my life and my struggles and Hey, what's it like? A lot of my followers are 18 to 24 year old men. Um, a lot of them either aren't married or don't have kids. And so it's a way for me to share even about my life and how I balance how do I balance work and life and family and, and how are we raising our kids and what are my own struggles and what do I go through and how do I deal with things? And it's an opportunity to, to share that. And then a lot of the influencer scene, um, at least locally, um, there's a lot of events that I get invited to, product launches or, or different events at restaurants or restaurant openings. And so there's quite a community even here in Abbotsford or in Vancouver in the influencer content creator scene. And so it's given me an opportunity to be a light and to be able to share share Jesus. I'm not ashamed of my faith. I don't hide it on my page. Um, I do talk about it, about being a pastor. I talk about my faith and it gives me an opportunity. And I've had conversations about faith and spirituality with other influencers out there, whether that's online or whether that's in person, because they know I'm, yeah. I'm the pastor influencer. Right. That's so cool. That's pretty funny. I mean, I think there's a lot of good in that. Like there's so often, I think in the church, there can be times where people are like, oh, especially kind of the old guard, like the older generation. It's like, oh, social media is like from the devil. And the reality is, well, fundamentally, 
well, as far as I can tell, it's not, right? It's it's not necessarily and I, and like I don't that, think it is right? either. And I think fundamentally, it's like one of many things where is the platform itself the problem or is the abuse that you've seen mm. with the platform, right? Money, in essence, is actually not evil. How we use money can be evil and how we use money can be good. And so similarly with social media, I think it's it's a tool, it's a resource, and it can be used for good or it can be used for ill. And you just shared some of the good of of social media that you've experienced, community, connection, um, all of these things, and how you've been able to use that for in your story and to share some of your faith. Um, are there any parts of social media that you're like, maybe there, you know, it can be it can be harmful to individuals, or it can be harmful to culture, it can be harmful to people, or yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's interesting, even the timing of how of when we're recording this and what what's kind of going on, not only in my own life, but the church that I'm a part of, we're just mm-hmm. in the midst of a series. Um, the church I'm a part of is a North Point strategic partner mm-hmm. church. And so a lot of the times, or a lot of our series are um, from Andy Stanley. Uh, so we're, we're right in the middle of the series called What Makes You Happy. Uh, and so it's kind of fitting a lot of what I've been learning and what Andy's been teaching. It fits right along with this. And we just had a, uh, this on Sunday was a, a, the sermon on on money. Can money buy you happiness? And And I think often we say like money can't buy you happiness. And what I really appreciated about what Andy said is actually money, there is a correlation between money and happiness. It's not necessarily the abundance of money that brings happiness, because if you look at super wealthy people, they still struggle with the same. They're not necessarily always happy, but it's how you manage your money that will bring you happiness. And so I think the same is with social media. Social media in itself isn't wrong or evil. Obviously, there's no verse in the Bible where Jesus talks about social media. <laughs> but I think it's how you manage it and, and how you let it affect you. Mm. Um, one of the things that Andy was talking about in, our, in the message was saying how awareness brings discontent. And that's what he's been talking about in this series. In, in your happiness, the more you're aware of what you don't have or what others have, the less you are content with what you have. And so I think as I look at social media, that's the biggest red flag for me or the biggest negative is that it be, we become aware. We, when you hear the phrase like keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. it was easier back 10, 20, 30 years ago when the Joneses literally were the Joneses next door. Yeah. And generally their house was probably this, a similar size of yours. Just a little uh, nicer. A little nicer yeah. maybe on the inside. Um, but you lived in the same neighborhood, so it couldn't have been like a mega mansion beside you. Yeah. But now with social media, I know I know what my best friend had for breakfast yesterday. I like down to I know what reno they just did on their house. And not only that, I know what the construction company in our town that my friend runs, I know what renos and what builds he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know how my 1990s kitchen doesn't compare to the reno our friends just did. And that awareness of what I don't have can bring that discontentment. I mean, on the same lines, uh, comparison, the whole comparison trap of saying, like, that family looks perfect. That person has the perfect body. Mm-hmm. That, like, that person has an, a sweet car, a sick ride. What am I driving? What am I wearing? What do I look like when I look at myself in the mirror? And I, and I think it, we run the risk of allowing social, other people's social media feeds to be our mirror and not actually looking at, at ourselves or even the way that God sees us, which I think is the most important, let alone what we see in the mirror. Yeah. 
It's what God sees in the mirror. And we have allowed other people's social media feeds to be the mirror of what we should be mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that comparison game can be really tricky. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And it's hard to measure character on on Instagram. You, you can't, it's really difficult, right? Instagram is a place where the external faces and some of the, and I don't want to use the word facade because it's not all facade, but some of it can be facade. Some of the external, what people see is out there. Um, but when we look at a scriptural perspective, God's concern is for the heart. And so what I'm trying to say is that the deeper issue of our walk with God is of God's greatest concern. And there are times where things like social media or just the way we are in our in our schools or in our workplaces where we can be so concerned with the comparison game and the external pieces, and it actually pulls us away from the things that God's concerned of. And so I resonate with what you're saying. And I, I, I probably agree with you that there's that would be the one of the biggest red flags of just that the comparison game can be toxic and it can be really a, a vice. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with, with the whole potential for facade and the way that God looks at not necessarily what we put forth on our Instagram, but what's who we are, what is our character, mm-hmm. um, how are we actually living our lives, uh, what does our heart look like, what's going on in our mind, as way more significant than what we put forth out uh, to the external. And, and it's interesting being following people or, or knowing people, other social media influencers or content creators, and, and then actually meeting them in real life at, at events that, that we're at and mm. being like, oh, you are nothing like what you put forth. You just, you aren't this, you aren't the same person. Like who, like who am I actually meeting? <laughs> uh, I had coffee yesterday with another influencer from Vancouver. And one of the things I said to her was like, I said, I, not very many people can I say, but you are from, from the first time I met you, you are who you portray online. Mm-hmm. And that's so rare in or some seemingly yeah, rare can, in, yeah. in in the influencer world where yeah. you've got people who lots of people don't know. You can buy followers. You can buy right. comments. You can buy likes. You can buy everything. Yeah. And so it's easy to put forth a facade of like, look at me. I'm now at 500,000 followers. And right. each of my photos are getting a million likes. Right. And I'm growing by this amount. and. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can pay for all that. Totally. So it's like that external facade that you put forth is, I think for a lot of people are coming from a place of potential emptiness or, or mm. feeling like they're not enough and needing to keep up with others. And so you start to do shady things like buying your influence and, and not being able to be authentically you yeah. with who you are. Yeah. And even in this conversation today, you made a comment where you said, you know, when you started getting into social media more and more and you started to realize that you could, you know, put a, an outfit together and post it online and people would be encouraged by that and be like, hey, and you, you made a comment. I don't know if you did it on purpose or not, but you said people in my real life were asking me for like, hey, help me dress for a wedding that I'm going to or hey, where'd you get that shirt? And it's it's just it's funny because there is this implicit underneath the surface kind of like, oh, yeah, that's my social media. And then this is my real life. And I have to be honest with you, I don't know how to blend the two. I used to have Instagram and I used to go on it quite a bit. And it's a, it's a hard walk to balance. Um, because for me, at least there's that tension of, is what I'm portraying really who I am? And if it's not, then that's, that's a scary 
rabbit hole to kind of get sucked in, in into. And so I admire the folks who can be transparent and real. And when you meet them on the street, they're the same as they are online. And I think that is what it means to be somebody who has integrity, right? Behind closed doors, you're the same as you are on, on the surface. And our culture and a lot of young adults today don't get that. Yeah, I say real. I said real life. Um, when I started my Instagram, I was anonymous, and so I didn't put. I didn't have my name on it. Okay. Um, I didn't show my face um, for the first good while, like maybe six months, where mm-hmm. it was just anonymous, and and made the decision where, and I think it, it. It. I don't know if I consciously thought this or whether it was just the, that same stuff that I was wrestling with. With okay, well now if I've got a platform, this isn't. This is now an opportunity for me to actually share about my life, mm-hmm. about my faith um, and wrestling with, okay, where do I want to take this now? Being like, okay, well, I'm going to introduce myself to now my followers and be like, this is actually who I am. Mm-hmm. This is my face. This is my story. And so that's actually allowed me to blend the two. Uh, and there's still some people out there, some other influencers that I'm friends with who like, I know what who they are and what they look like but they try to be super anonymous on their feed. Mm. Not that they don't want to share their life, but they're trying to be inspirational and aspirational Mm -hmm. in saying that anyone can like see themselves wearing and doing what they're doing and being more aspirational that way. And for me, I just, I wanted to try to blend that together. Some of the times I forget that I've blended it and that I'm like, oh yeah, this account, I'm actually a real person. Like, the other day I was in downtown Vancouver walking across West 4th and then like a couple hours later I saw I had like a message in my message request on Instagram. Someone being like, were you just walking across West 4th? I just saw you and nice to meet you. And it's like someone random I'd never like yeah. someone who like randomly follows me and it's like, oh, right. Yep. But it's like that reminder of being like, oh, right. I've made a conscious choice to blend my life mm-hmm. with social media and, it, and it's not just about what I portray online. And I don't want to be one of those people that when someone meets me, they're like, oh, like you seem way more yeah. exciting or way better online yeah. than you do in real life yeah. or in when I meet you in person. So even in all of this, as we've been talking about social media and the effects and the, the, the good that can come from it, there's obviously a dark side. And... You know, John, even as you have expressed a little bit of your own walk with being an influencer in social media and how it's you've seen the use of social media for good. There's also sometimes there's a side to social media that can kind of eat away. And so um, this has been awesome to be able to talk about your a bit of your story for us to get to know you, but also um, to hear about how you're doing with social media and how God's using you in the various avenues through which you're working because you're involved in so many. And so. Um, John, thanks so much for being with us. It's, yeah, thanks for having me. Honestly, it's a joy. It's so fun to get to. You're somebody who on social media and in person, I'm like, this guy's the real deal. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on this episode of In Doubt with John Weep, who's a pastor and Starbucks barista and wedding officiant and social media influencer. He's got his hands in a lot of different pools and he's influencing in the world for God's glory. And so I want to encourage you, you also can do with whatever sphere you're in, um, do the same thing. You can follow John Weeb on Instagram at The Road to Dapper and you can connect with him there. And if in doubt is encouraged, you want to encourage you uh, to be part of what we're doing. Stay connected with us, download our app and connect with us on social media. 
Uh, it's been such a joy having you on this week and having John. And in fact, next week, we're going to have part two with John Weeb as we look a little bit more into the dark side of some of social media and what it can expose uh, as we talk about his story with his walk with mental health. So make sure you tune in next week for that. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.